0: It was the 1930s, the Great Depression was underway, and a newly sworn-in President Franklin Delano Roosevelt was hard at work on the New Deal. The goal of the New Deal was essentially to try and alleviate the economic suffering of as many Americans as possible. And for many, it made a real difference. Programs like Social Security and Unemployment Insurance were born during this time. But there was another extremely ambitious project that was set in motion, an idea that isn't quite as well-known.
1: We undertook, as you remember, in dozens of places, scattered almost over every part of the country, to set up, with the cooperation of the local people themselves, projects to provide better homes. A better chance...
0: This is FDR himself speaking in 1938, in Arthurdale, West Virginia. It was the first of around a hundred homestead communities that the government set up. These experimental communities, built from the ground up on the government's dime, were scattered all across the country. And the government wasn't just handing out land and walking away. It also worked to bring an in industry so that people could make consistent money on their own. These projects represent something new. The principal part of the credit properly
1: should go to the individual families. Who themselves have come to live in these new communities. People like you here in Arthur Dale.
0: This ambitious project, conceived by First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt, had a lot of potential and even more challenges. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, We go to the Arthurdale Historic District in West Virginia. We're going to hear the story of the New Deal town that never quite lived up to the hype. More after this.
1: Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
0: If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Arthurdale was set up in north-central West Virginia, about 30 minutes from West Virginia University and an hour and a half south of Pittsburgh. And it remains a town today.
1: We don't have any type of municipal structure. Um, we're just very small.
0: This is Elizabeth Satterfield. She's the curator and director of education at the Arthurdale Historic District. It's an organization meant to preserve the town's history.
1: About a thousand people live here and It's mostly a collection of, you know, residential spaces and then, you know, some businesses kind of mixed in.
0: Elizabeth herself grew up just 10 miles from Arthurdale. She learned all about its backstory in grade school.
1: So West Virginia is very unique in that we're very focused on our state history and that is like in our curriculum at the school level. So in fourth grade, you spend about half the year learning about West Virginia history. And then eighth grade is all West Virginia history.
0: And there's a lot to West Virginia history. From the founding during the Civil War years to the drama post Civil War about whether it would rejoin the state of Virginia to its status as a coal mining hub in the early 20th century. In fact, the state's reliance on that one industry is what made it especially vulnerable during the Great Depression.
1: Coal mining was on a decline after World War 1. We didn't need as much coal, and coal was the top industry in West Virginia. So, when the stock market crashes in 29, Places like West Virginia are hit very hard, and then by 1933, things are incredibly dangerous and very poor.
0: As her husband was getting to work on New Deal legislation, First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt wanted to help improve the lives of Americans in a deeply tangible way. And she figured she could begin by taking a trip to West Virginia. In many ways, it was profound
1: and has a very emotional visit and sees, um, you know, complete destitution, starvation, poor sanitation, disease, uh, a family, a little boy's holding his pet rabbit. And the, the sister says, you know, he doesn't know it yet, but we're gonna have to eat the rabbit for dinner tonight. We don't have anything else to eat.
0: So, Eleanor Roosevelt goes back to DC and starts talking to everybody that will listen about what she saw in West Virginia. And the idea had already been floating around Washington of creating these subsistence towns, towns fully funded by the federal government. And they figure what better place to start than in West Virginia. The idea moves to the top of the list for the president and his cabinet. And the federal government buys around 1,200 acres of land in West Virginia.
1: And by December 1933, just, you know, maybe four or five months after her visit, they've started construction in Arthurdale.
0: For Arthur Dale to become the dream community Eleanor Roosevelt hoped, it needed people. But they wanted a particular type of people. They wanted people who were capable of running a farm and in a nuclear family unit. A mom, a dad, a few kids.
1: You had to pass a test, which we call the homesteader test. And it's a lot of questions about farming, um, you know, crops, livestock, chickens, how much you know. Um, What's your experience like? Because they wanted it to be successful and wanted you to be able to know how to farm. But they also asked questions about your attitudes, your education levels, what your aspirations were for your children. So kind of some, you know, more like social um, and like psychological questions.
0: And though this was the mid-1930s, Eleanor Roosevelt really wanted Arthur Dale to include non-white residents. But others involved disagreed.
1: So many New Deal programs have racism built in already. So Arthur Dale is a product of that. And ultimately, they only selected white people to move to Arthur Dale. This is very interesting because the areas that Mrs. Roosevelt had visited in the summer of 1933 were heavily African-American and foreign-born populations. And so they essentially plucked the white people out of these communities and left everyone else behind.
0: Families began arriving in Arthurdale in 1934 and immediately got to work.
1: It was an experimental subsistence community, which just means that the people who were relocated here were meant to uh, subsist on the property that they were given to to grow their own food, um, raise livestock, chickens and produce items for their own consumption. And additionally, they were meant to work part time in some type of industry to supplement and have some income for things that you really couldn't make yourself.
0: But Arthur Dale did not become the utopia Eleanor Roosevelt hoped for. And it didn't become that for a few reasons. One was that it was meant to be a blueprint for other communities across the country. But Eleanor felt that the federal government shouldn't be cheap when it came to furnishing the homes or supplying folks who live there with tools to farm, which meant spending more and more money.
1: So the fact that they're like spending extra money to, you know, kind of make the houses fancier or... Adding extra elements to the community, in theory, it's a great idea. But in practice, when this is supposed to be, you know, the the model for the rest of the nation, it doesn't set up, you know, for great success. To spend, they spent about two million dollars at the time on this project, which is an incredible amount of money.
0: Next, there were the economic issues. The businesses in Arthur Dale, they were mostly co-ops. Which, aside from some of the normal hurdles that co-ops deal with socially. There were also practical issues. As an example, there was a furniture company, and it produced the furniture for all of the homes in Arthurdale. But it also tried to sell furniture to people in surrounding states, letting them order by catalog, kind of like Sears and Roebuck. But Arthurdale wasn't on a rail line, which was necessary back then to transport this big, heavy, expensive furniture to potential buyers.
1: And the furniture they made here would be considered luxury goods. We have one set that's been donated into our collection that is solid mahogany and a single piece, a, a high boy dresser, sold for $60 in 1940. And that's about $1,200 today. And often Mrs. Roosevelt was pushing her wealthy friends to patronize businesses from Arthur Dale and other ones across the country um, and trying to get them to purchase this these
0: items. There are only so many rich friends a first lady can have. And at the time, the average American definitely did not have $60 for fancy furniture. A third big challenge for Arthur Dale just came down to competition. At the time, resources were scarce everywhere. So when the federal government proposed setting up a post office box factory, there was a lot of pushback. It would have meant taking jobs from people in Iowa, where the boxes had previously been manufactured. It wasn't all doom and gloom, though.
1: So the economics here never were very successful socially and culturally i would say yes this was a successful project people were lifted out of poverty they were given you know a, a fresh chance at life children were given uh, you know incredible education all the way through high school adults were given you know education that they never had before and people who grew up here you know say it was like moving into paradise it was like living in heaven and a lot of them ended up going on to college and becoming very successful so if you think about it long term the legacy of arthur dale more from you know a social perspective uh, I would argue, a success.
0: Eleanor Roosevelt made frequent trips to Arthurdale before and during the war years. She attended every high school graduation there from 1935 to 1944. And she signed the diplomas for each graduating senior.
1: She had a great relationship with many of the homesteaders and especially the women. They would correspond.
0: But it wasn't just during the highs that the folks of Arthurdale saw the First Lady. She was also there for some of the lows. Elizabeth shared audio with us of a woman identified in historical records as Miss Davis, who lost contact with her soldier son during World War II. Miss Davis lived in Arthurdale, and she met Eleanor Roosevelt.
1: She just came over and just put her arms around me, and, and uh, she said, they told me you have a son missing in action, and of course, that just killed me almost, <laughs> Because I didn't know whether he was dead or alive.
0: Eleanor decided she would do all that she could to help Miss Davis restore contact with her son.
1: And two weeks after she got back there, I got a telegram that he was a prisoner of war in Germany. And she sent me a bunch of uh, Red Cross envelopes and paper and a big long list of stuff that I could send to him in the prison camp.
0: Things really began to change in Arthurdale as the country began to recover from its economic woes. After FDR died in 1945, the federal government decided to shift money away from projects like Arthurdale. By
1: 1947, the government has completely liquidated its assets here in Arthurdale. So all the community structures, the factories, all of that that the government owned has been also been sold to private interest.
0: As the government pulled out of Arthurdale, it felt like the rug was being pulled out from under the feet of the residents. On the one hand, they were now able to own their homes and stay if they wanted. But others felt like with the government able to just pass the community pillars off to private interests, they got the raw end of the deal. Here's Arthurdale resident Jetty Abel. I
1: think there was a lot of mixed feelings. Um, I think some people thought it might be good that they would just leave us on our own and let us continue to, you know, be our own managers and and keep things running. I think we kind of lost something when the government really let loose entirely, that we were not quite ready.
0: Eleanor Roosevelt, Arthur Dale's matriarch of sorts, also distanced herself from the project after her husband's passing.
1: She really gets into human rights and works a lot with the UN um, on various projects around the world. So she focuses on that a lot in the 40s and 50s.
0: About half of the original residents of Arthurdale left when the federal government did. For those who stayed, they experienced an initial economic boom and then another downslide going into the 60s and 70s. And it really isn't until Arthurdale's 50th anniversary celebration in 1984 that the historic nature of the community starts to be appreciated like
1: they have a big homecoming celebration and they invite um elliot roosevelt the son of um, fdr and eleanor roosevelt to come speak and other dignitaries are here but they come back to um pretty much devastation and complete dilapidation of the structures and the community comes together at this point and says that they need to do something about this and there's especially the women um, have no patience for the fact that this is what has happened to the community and they really come together and form our organization, Arthurdale Heritage, um, start purchasing the property and um, applying for grants. They get us on the national register and slowly but surely they start restoring structures. So, and it was about a 10 year process to get it to a point where it could be open to the public again.
0: And that is how we arrive at the Arthurdale Historic District, as it stands today. Sitting on 23 acres with 13 buildings, Visitors can walk through the history through some of the buildings from Arthurdale's beginnings. They have the original gas station, some of the houses, even the blacksmith forge. And regardless of the success or failure of Arthurdale, those who grew up there, those who experienced it firsthand, remember it in a different kind of way.
1: People who grew up here see those very happy moments and see this as like almost a perfect community.
0: Here is a piece of audio from a man named Glenn Lusier. Glenn was one of those kids. It's one of the most difficult things to try to explain is the feeling amongst the, the people, the children that was raised here in Arthurdale. Wherever you would go, I, anywhere in the United States, and you would run onto one of the people who was raised here in Arthurdale, it would just be like uh, a, a reunion of, of uh, one of your brothers and sisters, really. And there's a closeness that you just can't describe. The Arthurdale Historic District's hours and events can vary depending on the season. So if you're going to visit, check out their website and plan your visit from there. We will put a link in our show notes. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. This episode was produced by Baudelaire. The production team includes Doug Baldinger Chris Naka
1: Camille Stanley
0: Manolo Morales
1: Gabby Gladney
0: Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit AtlasObscura.com. There is a link in the episode description. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time.